0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. All
1: right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today. We thank you that it is forever settled in heaven. And it's actually the only thing that never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. And so that's why we look at it every time we come together. Because everything in our life fluctuates. But you and your word are always the same. And we can trust you. And we depend on you. So as we look into your word today, we thank you for the Holy Spirit to help make this unchangeable word something that we can participate with and do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well last week Tony started a, um, a series that he called Bulletproof. And um, yeah, this is one of my favorite pictures of Tony. And so, yeah, he was willing, you know, to share it finally. (laughs) But anyway, uh, that's what he shared last week. So anyway, we're going to look from where, where did we get this bulletproof? What are we talking about? Well, in Ephesians, the uh, sixth chapter, if you'll look at this, what Paul was talking to this whole church about, he said this, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, in um, days gone by, you know, way back in the Roman Empire days, uh, when when Paul was writing this, he was referring to an armor like we know of that Roman armor armor, but uh, that was very, that was very uh, effective against swords and spears and different things like that. However, for bullets, hmm, no. We actually have new technology to help protect people in, in battle and in, in harm's way when they're protecting other people's lives for us, and so, uh, and they're bulletproof vests. And so that's why Tony is called this bulletproof. So another thing that he said last week, or we got up to last week, is that righteousness for us as believers is a bulletproof vest. Of all the things that could protect our vitals, God says righteousness is. However, What Tony really hammered on last week is that the righteousness that protects you is not yours. It's not your good deeds. It's not how how nice you are, how good you are, how many nice things you've done. It's nothing you have done will protect you in the evil day. It's actually God's righteousness is your vest. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is our verse that we line up on here. In the Living Translation it says this, for God took the sinless Christ, never did a thing wrong in his whole life. He took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Wow. That I like that translation because it's a nice picture of exactly what happened in that horrible passion of Jesus. All of you and me All of our sins were poured into Jesus and in that awful crucifixion and passion, God judged all the wrong things that we've done, judged them in Christ. Let's look at another translation. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're reading the whole verse now and not just the first phrase. For our sake, he made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Not just do righteous things, but actually become righteous. So what Tony made the point last week is that this bulletproof vest for us in this time is not our righteousness. The bulletproof vest that we put on and that we're told to put on is actually God's righteousness. Well, how do you do that? How does that work? Your spirit, when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and let's just go ahead and testify. Who in here asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life sometime in your life will give you opportunity at the end if you have not yet because it'll be the smartest thing, the best thing you've ever done in your life. But when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life like that, your spirit was recreated and was made completely righteous. Not not that God told you, you got to do this, got to do this. No, no, no. You couldn't be good enough. So what he did, he just made you righteous. Aren't you thankful? He didn't say, try harder, be better, do better. Quit doing. No, he just said you'll never get there. That was the whole story of the Old Testament. They never could get there. So through Jesus, he made us righteous. Lay hands on your yourself, right here, right here, right here. Say, I have been made righteous. God's righteousness, not somebody else's, not some church list do's, don'ts. No, no, made clean clean and pure on the inside. So your spirit is made righteous. Uh, anybody still have uh, some problem with sin though? Did anybody sin? Sin? Anybody not wanna lie in church this morning? <laughs> yeah, I think we've all, we've all experienced a body that still has some appetites that aren't always exactly right. Through Jesus, through the word of God, through the working of the Holy Spirit, that body can be delivered from those, that appetite, addictions and different things that it does wrong. But also, wow, we've got this thing on our heads or on our shoulders that really gives us trouble. And um, our mind and our emotions, praise God, can be renewed and transformed. But through those things, Sometimes our spirit isn't expressed on the outside. Sometimes other things, feelings, influences are expressed, and we do. But righteousness is what we're looking at today. So if we're, if we're thinking, well, if I've been made righteous, then why am I still doing all of these things? Well, I've just said there needs to be a mind transformation, which is another subject, a very important subject. But we're looking at the bulletproof vest today, this righteousness that we have. And do you actually need a bulletproof vest in life? Well, we're going to see. Let's go back to Ephesians 6 and let's read the whole scripture that we lifted a couple verses out of. Let's read the whole thing. Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on. The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Why do we need an armor? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That means people. People aren't your problem. That's a revelation, isn't it? People aren't your problem. The Bible says here that... We wrestle against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heaven, high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Look at these words that are highlighted in the, the screen right before. If you could, well, even this one, taking, take. If you go to the screen that came before, take up, girded, put on. There's real action there. Any baby that is born doesn't come clothed. A baby doesn't have anything on. When you're born again, you don't come with armor on. All right? Naturally speaking, all of this room, I've looked around, I've, I've seen no one in this room uh, came without clothes today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. No, but the reason why no one here. Um, has no clothes is because you actually put your clothes on. You wouldn't have had clothes on today if you hadn't have put them on. The reason you have them isn't just because you own clothes. We all own the clothes that we have on today, but the reason they're on is because we put them on. Now these verses are these words that are highlighted uh, in these verses of Scripture about take take up, put on, indicates that the righteousness that is in us, that we have been made, has to be put on. You don't have a vest on. You don't have a bulletproof vest on unless you put it on. Well, wow. Well, do you actually need one then? Why would you need a vest? We've got two, we've got two guys that in their line of work um, Actually, rec- they're required to wear bulletproof vests. Can, can you guys come up? Yeah, we've got Boydie and uh, we got Leckie, and if you, one can stand on either side of the platform so everybody can get, and, and can we use these, these microphones here? Um, Tracy's and uh, also Shade's. So yeah, if you can go on this side, and yeah, if you can come on this side, So they, in their line of work, they have uh, bulletproof vests. Uh, Now uh, Boydie showed me a picture of a couple different vests you have. Uh, uh, The one that I really liked was Paisley with flowers and stuff, no actually, (laughs) maybe not, maybe not, (laughs) just kidding, just kidding. but he, he had one more for, uh, had a military look but anyway uh let me just ask these guys this question did you have to uh, actually buy those vests for your work did you have to provide them you answer first no no do we, we oh push just push it in just push uh this in uh, the bottom yeah, yeah that's it whoa okay so you didn't have to buy them who no. bought your vest for you At work your work did yep. and your work is government work correct yep both of them is so so you didn't have to provide your <laughs> you didn't have to provide your vest now um why do you need a vest i mean we have all kinds of different people working on all kinds of different fields. Let me see, is there anyone else in here that owns one of these bulletproof vests? Because you have similar work. <laughs> yeah, anybody else? So, you know, we have all, heaps and heaps of all kinds of different work in here. And you observe safety rules, but what, what is it on your job That requires that. Why do you have to wear that? You can be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. um, So in our line of work, the type of people that we uh, that we would frequently uh, have to deal with um, aren't usually the nicest. Uh, And yeah. Would they? So
1: in other words, they would try to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Not in every everybody's job does somebody try to hurt you. Why would they? Why is a bulletproof vest then around this part? What is it that's so important about that part of your body that they guard that?
0: Yeah, so um, it's designed to guard like your vital organs. So your heart being being one of the most um, vital ones. So they have your plates in the in the front and back to. To help protect to that. Hit
1: you. In the, uh, so that you can't get hit in the front or the back. Now, that's an interesting thing. Um, uh, they said the vital organs, they could get stabbed or shot in the leg and it wouldn't take them out. But everything pretty much vital is around in this area. Let me ask this question then, too. Um, are you required to wear it on your job or is it optional?
0: That's a, yeah, it's a requirement. Yeah.
1: What would happen? I mean, do they let you go out without it?
0: It's um, that, our own risk, but because um, they are responsible for us, so um, that's what's required.
1: So they, you, it, you could go out without it, but it's at your own risk, yeah. and it's against what they've told you to do. Correct, yeah. Right? Yep, same. So before you go out, um, what do you have to do? You have to put that on and...
0: Yep. So all our first response officers have have to wear our uh, vests before they go out. They have to be geared up properly, um, equipped properly with accoutrements and and these things before they go out.
1: All right. Okay, so you don't just carry it with you on the job like this? No. <laughs> and, and before you... <laughs> And and if somebody's starting to come at you, you say, quick, let me put my... (laughs) (laughs) Where is it that you put your vest on? Where is it that... So this is
0: all done at the station, uh, locker rooms, so before anyone goes out on any kind of patrols, um, they have to be geared up first. So we have a locker room, change room, police change room, lockers where all these goodies hang.
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, show us about I know you just do it just as a matter of, of um, now practice, but put, put go ahead and put it on. Both of you guys can put it on. So it is a bit of a okay. <laughs> it's a bit of a process, isn't it? It's a little bit of a process. Uh, This one here has Velcro. (laughs) Yours has more (laughs) zippers and clips and all that kind of a thing. Do you ever go out with it just unzipped and kind of flapping? No, no. No. It wouldn't be proper. You actually put it on right, do you? Yeah, correct. And so before you leave the locker room, you're actually completely...
0: Checking it, yeah. You're
1: zipped up, buckled in... Velcroed in, and then now you're off to go. Okay, great, thanks guys. I appreciate that. Yay. As you're going, let me ask you a question. Does, do you share vests while you're out? I mean, does everybody have a vest? You know, uh, in the first service, Lecky was telling about a, 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 a woman policeman who was stabbed. But she had one of those on. And she's, she came just up to here on Lecky, That means she came up to here on me. <laughs> but um, she wasn't in a, in a vest that was Lecky's size. She was in a vest that was her size. So in, what we're wanting to emphasize here is everyone has a vest. Everyone has a vest. Now, uh, where it comes to what the Holy Spirit through Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, it, that's this whole church, he's telling all of them put on your vest. You can go into life, like what Boydie said, at a risk, at your own risk. But the instruction from God is put on your vest, put on that righteousness, okay? So we're, we don't make our own vest just like they didn't make their own vest and come up with, with what their own opinion of what their vest should be made of. No, the government supplied it. And so it is with us. We don't make our own vest of righteousness. It's supplied us by God. But we do have to put it on. And we put it on every time we don't want to get hit in, in the vitals, all right? Now, awareness of righteousness, awareness of cleanness, awareness of purity has an interesting effect on us as, as a believer, as a person. Righteousness has, its, it has a distinctive symptom, you could say. Well, what is it? it makes you bold. A sense of righteousness makes you bold. Now we were singing a little bit ago about uh, the powerful name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is actually a weapon. The word of God is also a weapon. There are different weapons, but if we don't have a sense of boldness and a sense of authority about us, then we're not confident to use the name. We're not confident to use the, the word. And sometimes it comes out more as a plea, like, oh, please, oh, please, devil, leave me alone. But when we have a boldness, it heightens our sense of authority so that we're bold to use the, the weapons that God has given to us to use. Now, that awareness of righteousness makes you bold. What is the opposite? Of awareness of righteousness well it would be a consciousness or awareness of shortcoming of sin of guilt when you're conscious that you're falling behind you're not quite there that you have made mistakes that there's guilt there it has a debilitating effect on a child of God we are sons of the living God. We were singing about how great He is. He's our Father. But what sin does to a child of God is make that child of God debilitated and cave in, not just uh, not just. sometimes. It has this terrible effect. Last week, Tony was talking about how um, a sin consciousness... Um, affects us in the presence of God. If we go into the presence of God because we've done things right and we've gotten it right, we've, we're really on a roll and doing things right, and we boast ourselves in the presence of God, Tony demonstrated that. And, and that's pride. And it actually, it doesn't get us anywhere in the throne, throne room. But then if we come in and, and we're feeling guilty about ourselves, horrible about ourselves, we end up. We end up backing out of the throne of of God and not being bold to take what belongs to us. In the same way, a sin consciousness, a guilt consciousness, makes us cave in in front of the devil. And we know he's defeated, and we know the name of Jesus is greater. But if there's a sin consciousness on, on us, it will cause us, To plead with him, oh devil, please leave me alone, and make us feel as though when he does attack us, that we had it coming. Have you ever felt like when something bashes you, you think, I had that coming? You're not bold to say, no, stop it, because you think, I kind of deserve that. What is that? That's depending on our own righteousness, our own good works to defend us against the devil. And I tell you what, I don't care how lily white you are in your own life, nobody's righteousness can protect them against the devil. His fiery darts are going to come on through. There's only one bulletproof vest that can guard us against his attacks, and it's not your righteousness. It's God's, okay? Proverbs 28 and verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one even pursues, but the righteous are what? Say it again, they're what? Righteousness makes you bold, makes you courageous and bold against the works of the devil. So your spirit, your spirit is righteous, but feelings of guilt and being dirty and condemnation make you weak. So we're going to look at two different things that we can do to actually put on the vest. And what, what um, Lecky and Boydie demonstrated, they carried their vest up here uh, so that you could see that you have to take it. There is this righteousness that belongs to us and that we are, but to make it a vest you have to take it in the same way that every time they go on duty and go into harm's way, they have to take that vest and put it on. So how do you put righteousness on and why would you need to actually have a vest? Why would a Christian need to have a vest? Let me tell you, if you just are going to hide in your home and hide just you know and, and, and not engage with with anybody and engage with life, if you just are wanting to just live a life that 's happy and, and just to yourself and you just want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise and just be glad in your life, you might not need or come into the uh, an awareness of the need of the bulletproof vest as much, but i 'm telling you what if you are following Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ engaged with the enemy. And not just in his own life, he did in the wilderness. He engaged with the enemy and he used the sword of the spirit against the enemy. But what we see in those three years of ministry is he engaged in the, against the enemy in other people's lives. And as we call ourselves Christians, it's not just for us to be happy, healthy, and wealthy, and, and, and everything good about our own lives. As Christians, we're following our Lord Jesus to break the chains of the devil off of other people. We're bringing the gospel to other people. It isn't just about us being Christians and happy and all in our little bubble of circle of beautifulness. There are people out there that are hurting. And if we're following our commander, Jesus Christ, we're going to need a bulletproof vest. He doesn't want us breaking his chains off of other people. So he'll fight people who are fighting him. But we have the right weapons and we have the right armor. We're to put it on in the name of Jesus, okay? How? How do we do it? The first step in putting it on, and like he was saying in the first service, it takes, that really big vest, it takes some time to put it on. It's not just bam, 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 it's not like that. There's some effort involved in it. And so, with this bulletproof vest of righteousness, It isn't just like Iron Man that, you know, he put out his arms like here and his armor is all over him. It's a very conscious putting it on. So the first step in putting on the breastplate of righteousness, a consciousness of the righteousness of God, is dealing with any consciousness of unrighteousness. Don't ignore it deal with the, with the consciousness of unrighteousness. And we do that by 1 John 1, nine. Look at 1 John 1, nine. It said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, confess means say the same thing. If we say the same thing that God says about the sin, in other words, if we're saying, well, it's not my fault, it's their fault. They made me do it. Well, this is just a weakness. No, say what God says about the sin. If it was wrong, say it was wrong. Agree with God about the sin. But what what happens when we agree with God about that is that according to this verse of Scripture, He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Does that mean that if we sin, we become unrighteous? No. Sin doesn't change your spirit, but unrighteousness does affect your confidence before God and before the devil. You've got to get that consciousness of sin off and come and receive forgiveness that's already been paid for. You don't have to beg God to forgive you. Even if you've done the same thing a couple times, or 15, or 20, or 40 times, you don't have to beg for forgiveness, but come and receive it. It's already been paid for. But if you want a clear conscience, come and receive forgiveness. And receive that wonderful cleansing that gets that yuck off of you. You know that yucky feeling that you get if you've said some bad stuff? If you've done something wrong? That icky feeling? You don't want to face the devil with that icky feeling. I'm telling you what, he'll hone in on that and get you. Don't face the devil. These guys don't even go out of their locker room without being buckled in. Don't face the devil until you're buckled in, amen? First thing, deal, deal with any kind of sense of guilt or a, any kind of a sense of, of, of condemnation, inferiority. Deal with that and let the blood of Jesus cleanse that away because that's what it was shed for. Realize when you're receiving forgiveness, realize that the great cost uh, that was, what was paid to be able to forgive you and for you to always have abundance of forgiveness for you. You never run out of forgiveness. But it comes free to you, but it came at a great cost to God. And instead of sin then driving you away from God, if you will come and receive forgiveness for it every time, you'll end up loving him more and more. What does the scripture say about, uh, what did Jesus say? Whom is forgiven much, what? Loves much. Loves much. much. So we see forgiveness, and what it does, it causes you to love. Love. All right? The second thing we do to put this vest on, and not just be righteous on the inside, but actually Put it on is this. Number two, agree with 2 Corinthians 5.21, and that is that you are made righteous. Agree with 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God gave you Jesus' perfection when you were born again, and that your spirit is righteous. So, the first thing, say the same thing that God says about your shortcomings, but don't stop there. Say the same thing that God says about your spirit, that you are righteous. So let's do it right now. Lay hands on yourself again. Say, God made me righteous. When I received Jesus, I received Jesus' perfection. My spirit is perfect with God's righteousness, not mine. Not my goodness, God's goodness. I believe it. It belongs to me. And I put it on. Now we're going to see here that you put on a consciousness of righteousness by verbally acknowledging it. These guys didn't just let that, their, uh, their breastplates or their bulletproof vests They didn't just let those vests just be on them. They buckled it in. And so when you verbally acknowledge, take time to strap yourself into the fact that God took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Praise God. Look at Romans 8.32. We sang this song today, uh, this in one of the songs today. God... Uh, let's change the words. God is for me. Can we just say this all together out loud? Make, this, make this, uh, these words as a proclamation about ourselves. Say, God is for me. Who can be against me? Read it again. God is for me. Who can be against me? Close your eyes and say it one more time. God is for me. Who can be against me? Aren't you thankful God is not against you today? God is for you. Let's look at another verse of scripture. Look at Isaiah 54 and verse 17. And let's read this out loud all together as well. But no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment, God shall show to be in the wrong this peace righteousness security triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is from me says the lord you say well how can god show that that any accusation against me is is wrong if i've actually done something wrong he can't back up what you've done wrong But what he can back up is if you've received forgiveness from anything that you've done wrong, he backs up the blood of his son. That blood is effective to clean that thing away from you as though it never, ever happened. And so when the devil tries to bring accusation against you, the blood of Jesus in heaven speaks, they are cleansed. Hallelujah. Don't you want God testifying for you. When the accuser comes to, to you or to anything about you and says they're a failure, they'll never make it. They'll never, they'll never amount to anything. Uh, they're going down. They're not going to make it. Aren't you thankful that God in heaven says, I am for them? Amen. Praise God. You want to buckle that on That is a bulletproof vest. Praise the name of the Lord. One more verse of Scripture. Romans 5.17 says this. Death once held us in its grip. Whoa. And by the blunder of one man, we know that one man was Adam, death reigned as king over humanity, which you're a part of. But now, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It doesn't just say they'll just make it through life. It says they will reign. One thing about a king and how a king operates is he He functions and he expresses his kingship through decree. He says what will stop and what will start. He decrees a thing. And this verse of scripture says that through the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness, you reign. That means with your mouth, you tell the devil, that'll be enough of you robbing from my family. Stop it. You're not going to start, start the work that you're, uh, you know, of accusation uh, uh, about me through my job. Stop it. Or whatever he's doing in, in your body. But now listen to this, guys. It's it not just about maintaining victory in our own life. Who in here wants to bring the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ to other people? Absolutely. We're Christians. God sent his only begotten son into the world to bring life. Now we're his sons. God has given us a commission to bring the same gospel to the world. And you need a vest to do it in. Put that that righteousness on and let's go get people saved. Let's break the chains of sickness off of them the chains of oppression off of them, but let's not hide in the church. Amen? There's lots of people to be helped. Amen? And we've got the gospel to bring to them. They're waiting for it. We need full armor to work with. We've got it. We've got the word. We've got it. Let's use it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? If you guys can come on up, Praise the Lord. I'd like us just to stand I know we made a confessions of this word, or these verses of Scripture, but I'd like you to stand on your feet, please. You know, um, the great plan of redemption that provided a bulletproof vest for your life. You know, uh, last week, Tony started a series. I don't know how long that was, that message was, or how long this one is. Very, very few minutes we're talking about this. But the planning and the making of it was before the foundation of the world. It included generations and generations of people. It included, and it, it, it absolutely was, was uh, what's that word that begins with a C? It was completed in the Lord Jesus Christ but not just casually he had to live a sinless life and then be a vessel to carry all of our sin and be judged for it in his own body let his blood be poured out for the forgiveness of all of our weaknesses and mistakes oh folks We have so much to be thankful for. Can we just lift up our hands and thank God for this beautiful righteousness that has been given to us. We believe in the work of the Lord Jesus and we receive the work of the Lord Jesus. We receive it in Jesus' name. It cannot be earned, it must be received. But say this after me, I receive all that God has for me and when I received Jesus I received righteousness I acknowledge that today I am righteous and the devil is under my feet the works of the devil are under my feet sickness you're under my feet Poverty, you're under my feet. Depression, you're under my feet. Confusion, you're under my feet. All of the works of the enemy are under my feet. Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's my righteousness. I believe in him. He is for me. Who can be against me? Now let's lift up our voice and shout of praise. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person here this morning. Should there be a person here under the sound of, of my voice today that has never asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life? And we declare today's the day. Today is the day of salvation. That they don't have to wait one more day. Today is the day. And if there's anyone here that has found themselves or walked away from God, today's the day to come home. If there's anyone here that's never been filled with the Holy Spirit, today is the day, like that little guy that gave his testimony. They can be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' precious name. With your heads bowed and still your eyes closed if that invitation applies to you like anybody in here to raise your hand just real quick anywhere across this room if you'll just lift up your hand and say pray for me I want to either be born again come back to the Lord be filled with the Holy Spirit just raise up your hand say that's me that's me that's me I want Jesus as the Lord of my life I want to Come home, dear Father. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this. Jesus is my Lord. He's my righteousness.
0: Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at Church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages
1: just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au